Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. I want to move on to the grave situation uh, facing Julian Assange, whose extradition to the United States, where he faces a kangaroo court in uh, Virginia, home of the CIA, and the uh, almost certainty of a lifetime sentence, the maximum up to 175 years. But Julian, at this stage, looks as if he'd be lucky to last 175 days. Uh, Stricken uh, with a mini stroke, already suffering psychological and other physical ailments, and being kept locked up in a maximum security jail in Belmarsh, even though he's been convicted of precisely nothing. Now, Richard Medhurst is a journalist and commentator of note, a rising star, man with a big following himself, and deservedly so, is our first guest on that this evening. Richard, welcome again to the mother of all talk shows. Um, Your thoughts, first of all, uh, on the melancholy news uh, that the court found for uh, the United States government. Were you surprised at that? And what was the basis of their finding? Thanks for having me, George. Uh, I was, you know, I was uh, connected to the court. I was attending remotely. And the whole thing lasted about 10 minutes. Um, You know, uh, uh, Lord Lord Chief Justice uh, Timothy Holroyd read the whole thing out in a few seconds uh, so casually as if it was nothing. And I I was left stunned, honestly. Uh, The fact that the High Court has decided to overturn uh, Barretto's decision and let this extradition go ahead is is really uh, astonishing. Uh, if you read the the ruling that has been handed down, they refer to previous cases where the United States handed out diplomatic assurances, these same promises which they say are are indestructible and bulletproof. Well, I can tell you they're not. Uh, one of the cases they refer to is David Mendoza. Assange's lawyers brought up David Mendoza's case and they said he was also given assurances. The United States broke these assurances uh, when they extradited him from Spain to the U.S. in 2009. And the high court justices apparently, as they say in the ruling, apparently they looked at Mendoza's case and found nothing wrong with it. Well, I'm very sorry, but these classified documents that I published have plenty, plenty wrong uh, with the assurances that Mendoza was given. He was also told that he can serve the uh, sentence given in his home country, just like they're telling Assange, he can go back to Australia and serve a sentence there. They said the same thing to Mendoza, he can go to Spain and serve a sentence there. Well, guess what? That never happened because the United States kept him there for seven years. They denied his application three times as the documents show. And they only let Mendoza go back after he sued Spain at the Spanish Supreme Court and after he sued the Department of Justice. And in Mendoza's case, 
he he wasn't just given some some vague assurance, which is also the case with Assange. Uh, he was given a contract, a very specific contract that was signed by the U.S., by Spain, and by himself. Assange doesn't even have that. He only has a vague assurance that, that if you actually read it, it doesn't really say that they won't put him in oppressive prison conditions, these special administrative measures. It says that they won't put him there unless he does something to merit the imposition of Assam, which could be anything. You know, he could pass on some innocent comment or or have an innocent conversation with his lawyers or with his fiance. And just like that, they will send him to Sam's. And they have another variety, they have a whole variety of other hell holes they can put Assange in. You know, these, these uh, communication management units, special housing units, all sorts of, pr of, uh, of, of prisons designed to isolate people and which could trigger a suicide attempt. And so I'm, I'm absolutely stunned that the High Court justices looked at Mendoza's case and found nothing wrong and that they actually believe these assurances from the United States. I'm convinced that they have not seen these documents because if they had seen them and they came to this judgment, I mean, they're just terribly, terribly mistaken. And you've published these documents where, Richard? I published them about two weeks ago on, on my Substack. Uh, so it's a very long article. It's about 7,000, uh, 8,000 words. And these are documents from the US Department of Justice, from the US Embassy in Madrid, from the Spanish courts. And you can see very clearly the assurances that, were, that came from the US Embassy, just like they're giving assurances to Assange, right? Diplomatic assurances. In the high court, the lead prosecutor, James Lewis, who's prosecuting Assange, he said that diplomatic assurances are solemn undertakings. <laughs> he said they're not dished out like Smarties. He's right. They're not dished out like Smarties. So when they're, when they're given, we should analyze them. And I'm very sorry, but Mendoza, his assurance was absolutely vague and ambiguous. Uh, with Assange, equally vague and ambiguous. And so if you, even if you just read them, you just take these things at face value. You just cannot trust them. Well, they're, and, not, they're not worth the paper in some cases that they're not written on. Uh, right. For example, the, uh, the Australia offer uh, requires the Australian government to ask for Julian Assange to be sent into their prison system. If they don't ask, and Australia is now a vassal state of the United States, as it was formerly a vassal state of ours. Uh, there are many ways to persuade Australia not to ask for Julian Assange, in which case he serves the time in a US uh, uh, maximum security prison. It doesn't have to be the one they've given a diplomatic assurance that it won't be. It can be any number of equally atrocious maximum security uh, prisons. So in this case, it's not worth the uh, paper that it is written on, vague, uh, as you say, in the extreme. Now, the, the ruling, if I've read it correctly, Richard, did have some saving graces for those of us who wish to see uh, this world historic figure free to join his family again. Uh, it accepted uh, the medical situation of Julian Assange. It did not accept the US contention that Julian was some kind of malingerer. It accepted Judge Barrister's uh, analysis that he would be a very severe risk of committing suicide if sent to the United States. The whole thing, it seemed to me, if I've read it correctly, 
turned on the assurances, which means the only thing we have to knock down now at the higher court is the assurances. Am I clasping at straws? George, you are 120% correct. Uh, the, the high court ruling did find that, that Assange is indeed in a precarious mental state and then the extradition would be oppressive. Uh, the, the district judge court, uh, you know, the district judge, Vanessa Bretzer, she didn't make a mistake. She applied Section 91 of the Extradition Act correctly, and she ruled the extradition to be oppressive because it is oppressive. He, he, Assange would kill himself if extradited. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I think it's, it's, it's tragic that the whole case is hinging on his health and assurances. You know, it, it's an indictment that criminalizes journalism. We should never forget that. But you are correct. And the whole thing, um, the whole ruling is all about these assurances. This is why Mendoza's case is more important than ever before, because uh, Assange's lawyers mentioned it. The judges say they looked at it and found nothing wrong, which I mean, I'm absolutely stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. Uh, I cannot believe for one second that they actually looked at the case seriously, because these documents that I published were never seen in court. I've covered Assange's entire extradition uh, case, and these documents were never brought up. Uh, maybe at best they've seen the vague diplomatic assurance that was sent in January 2009, but everything else they haven't seen. And uh, as I said, Mendoza was given a second diplomatic assurance, a contract, which is even more explicit. Um, and now, uh, of course, uh, when it comes to Assange being extradited, uh, we have to remember that, as you just uh, correctly uh, mentioned, they have a whole a slew of other prisons they could put him in that are not ADX Florence, that are not special administrative measures, which could still lead to suicide because... Uh, what Beretzer found in her ruling is that it's the isolation, uh, the, the solitude, being cut off from his family, which would trigger a suicide attempt. And the United States can achieve this in, uh, in a, a whole variety of ways. It doesn't have to put him specifically in ADX Florence or, uh, as we said, in, in special administrative measures. It has many, 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 many other varieties of prisons. And, uh, you know, you are 100 percent correct, George, when you say that all that needs to be knocked down now are the assurances. Uh, this is where we're at. This is the battle that needs to be fought. And uh, the United States has a history of breaking its assurances, whether it's the Iran nuclear deal or prison transfers. It, it has a history of doing this. It, it gains foreign jurisdictions. It tricks them into sending people over to the U.S. And once they're in the U.S., you can't do anything. Exactly. Uh, let me bowl a couple of points at you, Richard. Forgive me, I didn't get the chance to, uh, to advise you of that in, in advance. Uh, forgive me if you're not able to deal with it. Um, especially as it's a very British thing. The judge is, not was, is a close friend of little Alan Duncan, the runt that used to uh, uh, scurry around the British Foreign Office and who played a seminal role in the handover uh, of Julian Assange from the Ecuadorian embassy who called Assange in Parliament a worm, which the Speaker didn't seem to find to be unparliamentary language. Uh, he still meets with Alan Duncan. Alan Duncan wrote in his book all about his friendship with the learned judge. And it turns out that the learned judge and the runt Alan Duncan lunched in advance uh, of this hearing, of course, uh, Solomon binding uh, promises were made that the case never came up. The biggest case 
in British judicial history for decades never came up over the lunch. I am taking a risk making this point. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But I have no faith that the man who is best buddies since university with a minister who played such a role in getting their hands on uh, Julian Assange should not have recused himself from the whole thing in the first place. Now, George, I mean, uh, who could forget Sir Alan Duncan? Uh, You know, when Assange was in the Ecuadorian embassy, uh, there was all sorts of talk about storming the embassy. They wanted to break the Vienna Convention. They wanted to violate all sorts of uh, international norms and, and, and storm it. I mean, this is this is unheard of. And the the connection that you just brought up, I mean, does it surprise any of us? No, not really. Uh, if, if you look at the other judges that are involved in, in this case, uh, you know, uh, Lady Arbuthnot. Arbuthnot Presser, had conflicts of interest also. There you go. Yeah, the Henry Jackson Society. There's all sorts of red flags popping up everywhere. And this is, the, this is exactly the issue. This, the whole system is inherently, uh, I don't know what you were to use corrupt it, it, it's it's incorrigible I, I don't know but it, there's something wrong with it there's something inherently wrong with the system that all the people who are in positions of power uh, are criminalizing journalism are, are saying that it's okay to ship people off to the United States which has the biggest prison population on earth which has a prison industry which makes money off of incarcerating people uh, they've you know, inhumane torture camps like Guantanamo Bay I mean it's the, the list is endless 25% of all the prisoners in the world are in the United States, which has 3% of the world's population. It's, it's, it's incredible. The, I mean, this is astronomical figures. And uh, I bet you one thing, uh, uh, George, if you look at how many people are being extradited from the U.S. to other countries, you're not going to find anything. Well, that was and my next because- question, Rich. Uh, <laughs> that was exactly my next question. We have a situation here where a young boy, poor Harry Dunn, was mowed down by a CIA officer operating covertly from a British military base who fled the coup back to the United States with the connivance of the runt Alan Duncan's foreign office uh, and who the United States refuses to send back to face the music in a British court 
What kind of extradition system is this where uh, not just any American, but an American official claiming diplomatic immunity to which she was not entitled can kill a young boy in Britain and the US will not send her back here for a trial for careless driving, reckless driving, driving uh, dangerously, not to spend 175 years in a British prison, uh, probably not even to go to prison at all. Uh, what kind of one-sided extradition system is this? It's absolutely disgusting, uh, George. You know, they, they put this whole extradition treaty into place in 2003 under the premise that, you know, it's a mutual agreement as a treaty should be. But it's completely one-sided. It's absolutely a one-way street. And, uh, you know, they, they just want to have a um, carte blanche. They just want to do whatever they like and, 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 and pinch people from, from our country, from the UK, take them to the US. But they'll never send anyone from the US to the UK. I believe that the CIA agent you mentioned, her name is Anne Sekoulis. And as you mentioned, she, she was driving on the wrong side of the road and she kills Harry Dunn. Uh, she, she, you know, head-on collision with his motorcycle. He's dead. And then Trump, Trump refuses to extradite uh, her back to the UK. And, and by the way, before she even left, as you said, the foreign office knew and they let her go. Yeah, they yeah. let her leave. And, and then Trump tries to buy off Harry Dunn's parents. He tries to buy them off after this, this uh, CIA agent just recklessly killed their boy. And it's just absolutely disgusting. It really shows you how one-sided it is. Why, you know, at the same time, they're trying to take Assange uh, uh, for, for publishing documents which expose crimes against humanity. He, it, it, it's, a, it's not just a victimless crime. It's not a crime at all. It's a public service. It's a public Yeah, yeah, good. sure. He should have the Nobel Prize for it. Lastly, and I'm grateful for yeah. your time, Richard. Uh, the, um, you mentioned 2003. I was there. I, I lobbied. Uh, the then Home Secretary, David Blunkett, now Lord Blunkett, uh, and uh, pointed out to him that uh, any Nelson Mandela figure in the future could be extradited, not just to the United States, but anywhere, uh, if this kind of uh, extradition treaty, one-sided as it is, were to go through. And he assured me, I can still see his lips moving, that on the face of the bill, on the first page, it specifically excluded extradition of political, uh, people charged with political offences. And I tell you something, I've never said this before because it was, the conversation was on lobby terms, but we have now moved past that, I'm afraid. David Blunkett said to me that that was there because the Americans would never agree to extraditing, for example, Irish Republican fugitives in the United States to face trial in Britain on what would be described as political charges. Not terrorist charges, but political charges. So he conceded to me that people charged with a political offence under this treaty, cannot be extradited. And yet Julian now faces charges that could not be more political, revelations about, about crimes, war crimes, crimes against humanity, malfeasance in the Democratic Party, DNC, and so on, 
I just don't know how to make any sense of that. Has Britain entirely lost its sense of itself as an independent and sovereign country? Are we just a vassal now, like Australia once was to us? I mean, I don't know what to, to say anymore that I haven't already said. I mean, I was, I was, you know, you know, when the extradition hearing uh, uh, concluded last year in October, I was standing outside the Old Bailey, and 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 I said, you know, this is a UK court. It's it's in the middle of London, but the United States is holding the gavel. They are running the show from top to bottom, and it's what, what you've just told me. I, re I remember David Blunkett, uh, and uh, what you've just told me is is incredible. It, the extradition treaty should bar political uh, extraditions. Uh, it, it should forbid these things. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, I think in the British implementation of it, in the Extradition Act, that, that, is, that clause is not present, although I could be wrong. But there, you know, I, it, it sounds so unbelievable, that's why I'm questioning myself if, if, that, if it's actually true. But uh, wh whether it's actually there or not is, is, is really in practice making no difference, because as you just correctly pointed out, the indictment against Julian Assange is wholly uh, unequivocally political. And, uh, you know, if you're going to jail Assange, you, you have to go after the New York Times. You have to go after everyone who profited, who, who, you know, people who made careers off of the documents that he provided them with. The Guardian, Le Monde, Presse, all of these huge outlets published the same documents. And I don't see anyone going after them. No. I'm not saying they should. But you see a double standard here, a very clear double standard. He, he exposed their dirty laundry. And that's why they're going after him. It's really that simple. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's. I mean, it's just disgusting. What, what more can I say? Uh, and anyone who looks at Assange's case and cannot understand that this is political is, uh, is you know, being ignorant um, uh, on, on purpose. I, I just, you know, I can't fathom people who don't understand this. Uh, the man is facing 175 years for publishing documents. Who on earth could tolerate this? Well, how do you call that justice? Well, the New York Times, I think it was today, it may have been yesterday or the day before, had a whole page, the top half of the page, was the awarding of the Nobel Prize to three reporters considered to have uh, done their duty uh, to uh, report the truth uh, of alleged malfeasance in various countries, the Philippines, Russia, and uh, other uh, predictable places. Uh, and on the bottom half of the same page of the New York Times, it covered the decision uh, to extradite Julian Assange. You couldn't make that up, Richard. Yeah, well, I can tell you one thing, George. Uh, you know, when, when we're in court covering the Assange thing, we're about 10 people, and there's no one from mainstream media. There was someone from Sky News who rolled up one day. He didn't even know the judge's name. He had to look at his cue card to find the judge's name. So, you know, they're, they're ripping off of our reporting and then twisting it and skewing it to smear him and act like it's, it's not political and he's a, a, a criminal, he's a hacker everything to take away from his uh, his achievements because they're jealous. They hate that he has actually done what they all pretend to do, which is hold governments accountable, which is to, to advocate transparency and really publish documents that make a difference that, that uh, hold those who commit war crimes accountable. They, they've never done these things. And that's why they hate Assange and they always try to paint him as a criminal and, and take away uh, to chip away at his, his accomplishments and achievements. That's, that's all it is. So it's not over until it's over. What happens next, Richard? So uh, Stella Morris, who is Assange's partner, but she's also on the legal team, she said that they'll be appealing this. Uh, Assange's lawyers will be appealing this decision to the Supreme Court. They have 14 days to do that. 
and uh, that, that's what they plan to do next. Uh, honestly, these documents, if the judges haven't seen them, they have to see them because what they wrote in their ruling is, it's just wrong. It's just absolutely wrong. Uh, I have the assurance here from the US Embassy in Madrid to Mendoza. I think this is the only thing that they have seen. They haven't seen the other assurances that he was given and the United States broke, unequivocally broke. So the conclusion they came to is absolutely wrong. I'm sorry, the United States has a past of breaking assurances. This is a fact, it's not my opinion. The documents are crystal clear and the judges need to correct this. The higher court needs to correct this. Richard, you're a bright star. Thanks for shining light on this story for us this evening. Richard Medhurst, journalist and commentator. If you're not yet following him, please, please do. He's really one of the best in the business. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.